Welcome back, everyone, to the We Hated Two podcast. Back, we back, back again. Are interrupting our regularly regularly scheduled. Um, I don't know something content content. There we go. Oh my god, your tattoo looks bomb. Thank you. Woo! You're gonna have to post it. that on the Danny and Cody uh, Insta so people can see. I will. Uh, that you're all tatted up now. Um, no, I feel like a badass. I have a but, nose ring and a tattoo. I'm. That's how it starts. I'm telling you. <laughs> telling you from experience. That's how it starts. Um, soon, like, give it a year, and you'll have almost a full sleeve. I'm already gonna have like two, three quarter sleeves by February. Like, like I said, because <laughs> my my one on my arm, I had to reschedule because of my aunt who passed away. Mm. Um, her viewing was that Thursday that I got the tattoo, so I was like, all right, I'll just reschedule it. But he was like, oh, my next availability is January fourth. <laughs> oh. So I was like, it's fine. Yeah. So I'm getting that. And then literally two weeks later, I'm getting my like flower sleeve. Whoa. So I will be in pain. But this but one good. already like has basically healed. It doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. It's not even itchy anymore. That's good. Yeah. Um, honestly, the, the fun the fun thing about tattoos is that you get it and while you're getting it, it hurts like a bitch. And you're like, why did I do this to myself? But then you end up with a beautiful piece of art. Yep. You forget all about the pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you oh, go I mean, again, this... and then it's like the same cycle over and over. But I mean, you 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 hurt for for beautiful art. That's know? what it is. It is what it is. And now it's done, and it's yeah. like it like the pain of a tattoo adds to the beauty of it, in my opinion. Same. Because it's, it's like the struggle. Went... Anyway, we got way off topic. Um, That's fine. I got distracted like a friggin' squirrel. Anyway. Let me jump back in. So welcome back to the We Hated Two podcast, everyone. Like I was trying to say before, this is a break from our regularly scheduled content because the election happened this week. Well, by the time this (sighs) comes out, it'll have been will have been last week. Um, Doesn't matter. Trump is fired. Trump 2020. <laughs> oh my god. I I never thought this day would come. I honestly I'm gonna be didn't honest. Either. Like I didn't this either. election cycle, I was like, I'm hoping people will just like suck it up and vote for Joe Biden. Like he was not my first choice by any means. But I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Baby, you're gonna get my vote. Right. But when those results started coming in, I was like, oh no. I was like, he's gonna win all the states that he had in 2016, and it's gonna be even worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that, like, the night of the election, I was upset. I mean, and I, and I knew that mail-in ballots hadn't come in yet. A lot of states don't count their mail-in ballots until after they count their election day ballot or election day votes. Right. I get that. But still, like, seeing it and knowing that that's still coming, like, it was just a weird transition. But Well, I told you before we started recording on election day, I, you know, I had voted early because I didn't want to have to deal with all the nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um but even before then, when I requested my mail-in ballot, 
or my absentee ballot, whatever the frick you call it. Um, I had had an issue the last time I tried to do that. Like I had, we had a local election. I requested an absentee ballot, never got one. And so I had to go in person on the day and had to fill out a provisional ballot. And no, none of the poll workers fucking knew what they were doing when it came to that, which I don't even blame them because after reading One Person No Vote by Carol Anderson, I know that voter suppression runs rampant and part of voter suppression is not properly training your poll workers. Yeah. So anyway, I don't blame them. Um, But I had to fill out a provisional ballot, you know, and we had to, I had to sit there for like 30 minutes trying to figure out which envelope to put it in, which, which form to fill out. And when I left, my ballot just laid on the table with a bunch of other junk. Do I think I got counted? No, I don't. So when I requested my absentee ballot for this election, I was hella nervous and I got mine a lot later than other people who requested theirs on the same date. Mm-hmm. But I got mine and I was like, I'm not mailing this in. I'm taking it in person because I don't trust the postal service. Yep. So anyway, on election day, I went to a home goods store and went ham buying Christmas decorations because <laughs> that was my coping mechanism for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the rest of the week, I was just, ch- I felt like I was checking my phone every hour. Just Same. trying to see. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's at 44.2. It was like this two hours ago. It didn't update. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was trying to, I was keeping track. And no, I, I kept refreshing, yeah. refreshing, refreshing. And it was like updated one minute ago, but I was like, but this is the same that I saw an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a week. And I mean, they're still counting in Georgia and Arizona and North Carolina. Like we're still not done yet. <laughs> right, right. But luckily it was, you know, once Pennsylvania hits, 0.5% above the other person, they can call a race. Yeah. So then when that happened yesterday and they called it at what, like 12 or something. And yeah, someone sent me a text and it was like, Oh look, here's the result. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like he I w- won. I, I was kind of Jeez. like hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Same. That was my strategy because Everybody was like, oh, he's not going to win. He's not going to win for uh, when talking about Trump four years ago. And that was yeah. my attitude, too. So I wasn't particularly worried until I woke up the next morning and I was like, holy shit, Trump won the presidency. So now yeah. this year I was like, I am going to be just cautious, cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. And I was um, having my discussion with my meditation group uh, via Zoom and all of a sudden I had checked it literally five minutes prior, five minutes later, one of them goes, oh my gosh, they called it Biden won. I was like, what? <laughs> and I could not focus for the rest of the hour. Uh-uh. I was on cloud night, best yeah. day of 2020. And I mean, it was a long time coming because 2020 has been awful. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I was, I started calling everybody. I called my mom and I was like, mom, I gotta go. I gotta call more people. I called you. I called my best friend mm-hmm. Sky. I just, I was like, and Sky, <laughs> shout out to Sky, my best friend. She was so funny because I had texted her. She didn't text me back. So I called her and she's like, what is going on? And I was like, aren't you happy? And she's like, why? And I was like, Biden won. And she's like, what? I hadn't seen it yet. I've been like cleaning my room, blah, blah, blah. I haven't checked my phone. And so I got to break the news to her, which was kind of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it was definitely a day like one thing I, I texted my friends. I was like, 2020 was like, y'all had enough. Like, here's some good news for real. <laughs> and it's just like, 
are is are, are is their presidency going to be perfect like no. Biden and Kamala Harris? No, it's not. But it sets the stage for hopefully being able to have like a healing process from the last four years. Like, no matter what Trump supporters think about Trump, he was not a good person, in my opinion. Like, they might think he was a good person. They might have thought that he was doing a great job. And like maybe some of the things like, yeah, he was sticking to his promises, but the method of sticking to those promises was so catastrophic to so many people. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I, I watched Biden's, you know, a formal acceptance speech yesterday. And it was nice being able, you know, for him to say, like, it doesn't matter who you voted for. Like, even if you didn't vote for me, I want to be able to be a president for you. And I, I think that's what we need right now is like, even if you don't agree with him, like having someone who like at least cares about you as a person, <laughs> will his policies necessarily support everybody? No. Um, does any presidents? No. Um, but hopefully it'll it'll create a stage where people can actually have a discussion about politics versus speaking into the void and expecting change and being met with complete resistance. Yeah, no, I texted one of my friends and was like, oh my gosh, you know, Biden won. And um, he was like, yeah, but it's not over. It's like, exactly. Trump supporters are still going to be there and uh, Trump's going to fight it. And we know that. Um, but I was like, yeah, but at least we have a glimmer of hope that we didn't have before. And I was just like, when I was in my group and, and the one guy said Biden won and I looked it up on my phone to confirm it for myself, I almost started crying. Uh, I'm not a big crier though, but so. I sobbed. <laughs> but tear, a tear definitely appeared. And I just felt this immense sense of relief and happiness. And um, like, yes, there's work to be done but at least we have a chance now. Whereas before when we were doing the work, it was kind of like, we're going to keep doing the work, but who knows if anything is going to come of it. Now we're in a spot where we can do the work and actually, you know, hopefully get somewhere. And by doing the work, I mean dismantling white supremacy mm -hmm. and working for social and racial justice, making sure that we have reproductive rights, that we have, um, you know, that voter suppression, is eliminated that uh, LGBTQ folks get, uh, get to keep their rights, the ones that they have and, and, you know, the ones that they don't have get the rest of them. But I know, especially the, the right for, um, for marriage uh, is still up for debate, which it yeah. shouldn't be with Trump. There was like little hope of keeping that, but with Biden, at least we have some hope. So that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, agreed. And I definitely I think it's definitely resonated that like Trumpism is definitely going to be here for a while, kind of like it's not exactly like McCarthyism, but it's very similar where like McCarthyism was rooted in um, from Senator Joe McCarthy in 1950 to 54, basically alleging that communists existed in the U.S. government and like ousting people from their jobs because on those bases. I don't, I don't think it's going to be similar to that, but it definitely resonates where it's like, oh, well. Democrats are like, you know, kind of like hyping up those QAnon conspiracy theorists that like the Democratic Party is like a, I don't even know the details. I just know it's like accusing them of like harboring babies and like, it's very strange. Um, but it's definitely going to be a very accusatory period for the next few years of like, uh, 
oh, well, I mean, because Trump's not going away. <laughs> well, I'm hoping he goes away to like, you know, prison. But I'm we not can gonna hope. Get, but I mean, he's probably going to, I've heard he's probably going to pardon, pardon himself from any kind of crimes that he committed or. <laughs> How is that possible? It's never been done, but he's done a lot of things that have never been done before. So I would not be surprised. But I think it's it's going to be very much like, I don't know, I feel like a very countercultural movement came to the forefront for four years, and I'm hoping it goes back to the edges again. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. white supremacy is here. I mean, it's been here forever, and that's definitely here to stay until it's dismantled. Um, but I don't think that just because Trump's out of office, things will automatically just disappear. Um, that's while, the thing, he, like- while he was a problem, he was not the epitus of a lot of things like he did not create things he just enhanced things that were already here so i mean and i know he's i mean he's not he's not conceded yet he um is accusing the election of being fake like he's accusing he did that last time even though he won (laughs) and it's just like it's and then like his his supporters and like like tommy laren like people like that that are like die hard like trump or die basically are now like this election's not over and we stand with you and this election was stolen it's like it wasn't nope like it wasn't like it's the 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 probability of election fraud existing while it happens it is i i read somewhere it is so minuscule that you're about as likely to get struck by an asteroid than to like yeah have like voter fraud like it's very hard to commit voter fraud because of how the voting system is like established and created and i'm not going to sit here and act like i know everything about the election system because i definitely don't but i know that it's real hard to vote twice or even like have a fake vote or it's also difficult to vote legally in general, because exactly. of voter suppression. So exactly like they're already throwing they threw out signatures if they didn't exactly match, even if they right. were basically the same. I know when I signed something, none of my signatures look the same. They look mm-hmm. similar, but it depends if that's on the my case, mood that they and how I sign something, how neat it is. Like, yeah, this is like a bunch of BS. Everyone out there who's like, oh, voter fraud, voter fraud, voter fraud. Actually, read one person no vote by Carol Anderson because we read it for the book club uh, in the month of October, right? Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> we finished it. Literally, we had a discussion the day before the election, which was um, fitting and appropriate. But there is so much more voter suppression that happens. Voter fraud happens almost never. And also all of those measures in place that are supposed to prevent voter fraud don't actually prevent the voter fraud that actually happens. So educate yeah. yourselves folks read a book or at least listen to a talk by carol anderson because she goes over it so well it's like voter yeah. fraud doesn't it's not a thing really no and i think just the idea of conservatives ringing this bell of like this is fake because we didn't get how we wanted it like that just plays into this idea of like white supremacy being more being more valued than actual logic Mm -hmm. it's like oh well we lost and our leader lost and he deserved to win because i thought so right but that baby that's not how the votes played out like people submitted mail-in ballots because in droves because of covid because they didn't want to go to the polls and that's why there were like literally once pennsylvania had like most of its counting done like i think it hit maybe 80 85 percent 
And then they started counting their mail-in ballots and there were literally 1 million plus mail-in ballots in the entire state. That takes time to count. Mm -hmm. And then there were so many like officials trying to discredit like, oh, well, if it's, even if it's postmarked by election day, if they didn't read it by election day, it shouldn't be counted. But like, you're not, it's literally in the constitution for states to create their own processes. And if something is postmarked by the day of the election, it counts as being voted on election day, even if it's read after the day. And I mean, North Carolina, you can submit, like, as long as it was postmarked by the third, they'll receive it until the 12th. And I mean, in Pennsylvania, I believe it changed from the 12th to the 9th because of Trump, because he thought that he would, you know, snag it in the butt at the end and he still lost. <laughs> so the it's thing just is, before, before this, you know, in, in white communities, absentee voting was very common and doable. And Trump has also voted via mail-in voting. <laughs> Literally until this year <laughs> to hypocrisy. prove to, to show his point. The hypocrisy is just crazy. I do feel like we are living in like the fifth Harry Potter movie where everyone's just like, Voldemort's not back, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's denying, denying, denying. And it's like, no, it's like racism is here. Yeah. Ain't going nowhere anytime yeah. soon. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Go ahead. I was saying in positive news. I was we just going to do that. A woman as our vice president, a black woman, a South Asian woman, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the first vice president of immigrant parents. Whoop. I was literally going to say let's not. I was literally just about to say, but let's stop talking about Trump. Let's start talking about yeah. Biden Harris because Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. You know, yeah, it's it's know. definitely like the work is definitely not done. Like it was definitely a sigh of relief. But now it's like, oh, we can actually like advocate for things and like yeah. have it probably be heard. Yeah. To an extent. Like this is also, how like I feel like we're getting into the realm of like how politics are supposed to work. I mean, yes, the Democratic Party is still rooted in white supremacy. Yeah. I will not say that it's not. No matter who we've had as presidents and as vice presidents, like it will still be there. But if we can at least like have more work to try and upend it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Senate will. I mean, it really depends on Georgia <laughs> for the Senate if it goes blue or red. Um, so can we I talk mean, about Stacey for... Abrams real quick? Oh, God, please talk about Stacey Abrams. She's a legend, an icon, truly making change happen in the United States. I need everyone to realize that the big reason that Biden won this election is because of the work, the hard, hard work and unrelenting just patience of our black community of our um people of color community of our underrepresented community in this country mm-hmm. like if you all don't know who stacy abrams is she is a black woman who in georgia helped over what was it six thousand people register to vote because voter suppression is just running rampant everywhere but especially in the south and if it wasn't for her, would Georgia have been blue? No. 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 And she, I mean, she did the work. So it's like, y'all better recognize, like, why Biden won. It's because Black people have have been for a long time saying we've had enough. But now they've been like, seriously, we're not tolerating this shit anymore. And I'm quoting Lizzo here <laughs> because I yeah. follow her on Instagram and she was like, we're, we're not 
tolerating this shit anymore. And we're not. And finally, 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 a bunch of white folks woke up too this year. You know, for all the, the crap that's happened this year, this the the racial justice movement, if it honestly, if it wasn't for the protests and and white people waking up and black people finally being heard, would Biden have won? I don't know. And I yeah, I yeah. I mean, and Stacey Abrams' organization, I wanted to look it up to like talk about it. Yeah. Um, she was the founder um, of Fair Fight, which is focused specifically in Georgia um, because the Georgia community, primarily like the African-American community in Georgia, has faced um, poll closures, um, voter purges, um, four-hour lines, like all things that force people to like not go to the polls because, you know, the legislature in Georgia is known, you know, especially in the South, has been known to ostracize and cut off black voters and voters of color because they know that if those people vote, they will not vote for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how, that's how Stacey Stacey Abrams lost the governor's race in 2018 Mm -hmm. was because of voter suppression. Um, And she knew that. And even though she, I believe she conceded at the end, she, she didn't want to, but I think she did. Mm -hmm. Um, But then she created this organization to really focus on like, advocating for registering people to vote, um, challenging problematic um, and biased regulations, um, legislation, advocacy, and litigation, and getting people the right to vote because it's our inalienable right as um, American citizens. And while one party screams voter fraud and is the one committing voter fraud, Mm -hmm. um, it's nice to know that there's leaders that give me a lot of hope yeah um in the future of not just a specific party but in just like an america that'll be more just because i i do believe that america has the ability to be the greatest country in the world i just don't think we've embraced every part of the people that live here to be able to be great as great as we could be yeah we've done great things but we've also done really awful things exactly and we're not going to be great until we acknowledge what those are Right. Love up, live up to our history, do something to support all of our communities and advocate for like real systemic change. I mean, when I was, I, I keep getting, going back to this book because there's just so much good information in it, but Carol Anderson talked about North Carolina. I'm pretty sure it was North Carolina that their democracy, their le- that, the, that state's level of democracy because of voter suppression is somewhere between Iran and Yemen. Like, let that sink in, y'all, because our government is so quick to, you know, uh, demonize the Middle East, which is a whole nother topic that we could probably do a whole nother episode on. So mm-hmm. I won't get into it. Um, demonize the Middle East, demonize any any country or any uh, government that's not quote unquote democratic. Our democracy is not as great as we say it is because of uh, all the voter suppression that happens and the disenfranchisement that happens. Because mm-hmm. they're like we have the principles of it, like the foundation is there, but in practice, it's we're we're failing. Um, so that's what I'm hoping will change with this new administration. I, I have hope for a Biden presidency that like it will at least create a sense of like base morality and base like care for other people, which I think is so like the president does not have to be perfect. The president is a person. People are not perfect, but like having a president that at least cares about people on like right. a base human level 
with with Biden and himself, he's talked about how some of his past policies have been problematic. Like he know he thinks that his now I don't know if he just said it. He might have just said it, but in his um, third debate, he mentioned that him signing the how he thought signing in the 1994 crime bill was a mistake. Mm-hmm. That it did not create positive change because it just a, a policy that further criminalized black people on no basis at all. What I think is that at least we now have a president who's willing to take responsibility for his past mistakes, which is something that Trump is not capable of doing whatsoever. So for him to be like, hey, that bill I signed that further criminalized black people, for him to be like, yeah, that was not okay. That is, that's, that's huge. So that's already different. That's already radical from what we've had for the last four years where it was like deny, deny, deny. And Trump knew what he was doing because he would just share false falsehoods mm-hmm. in, uh, in the effort to confuse people. And yeah. it worked. It worked mm-hmm. really well. It didn't even matter what the fuck he was saying because as long as he was confusing people, then his people could later, like his, you know, people that worked for him and represented him could later go on the news and be like, well, this is what he meant. I'm like, yeah, but that's not what he said, but it didn't matter. And so at least Biden, we have someone who makes sense when he talks, (laughs) which who knew that that would be the new baseline standard for a U.S. president. Literally. But here we are. And at least he owns up to his mistakes. Not saying he's 100% honest because who is? Like, this is just baseline common human decency is admitting your mistakes and taking responsibility, holding yourself accountable, holding other people accountable, mm-hmm. um, not purposely spreading bullshit rumors and, and, you know, quote unquote, fake news. Yeah. But right now where we are in this country that this is like, oh, my God, Biden's so great because he admitted a mistake. Yeah. Like, that's how and it should I, be. But right. I mean, so often we haven't had presidents do that, like even before Trump, like Trump just exacerbated it. But right. When 2016 came around and I was I was, you know, I, I was like a lot of other naive, idealistic millennials. I was thinking there's no way Trump can get elected because he's a racist and a homophobe and a molester and a, and a sexist and, and all these horrible things. But then when he got elected, not only did he get elected, but people that I thought I knew voted for him. I was like, it was like a wake up call for me where I was like, I, mm-hmm. I was, I was very naive in a lot of things. And that's yeah. when I started becoming more engaged. And I think a lot of other folks uh, went through something very similar where until 2016, you know, we thought that voting was enough and that the government would take care of the rest. That is what I truly believed, especially with Same. Obama and the government. I was like, the government will do what it's supposed to do. All I have to do is vote, and that's it. Folks, oh my goodness. Nope. It is nope. not enough. Nope. <laughs> it is not enough. Even if you voted for someone in your party or voted for someone you support, like a Biden presidency, like we were saying, like it's not just voting for Biden. Like nope. it's voting for Biden and Harris and holding them accountable. <laughs> And also like voting. you said you were going to do this mm-hmm. and this is now what this legislation is going to do. So don't do this, please. <laughs> and voting in your local elections. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I like am super knowledgeable on politics because I'm not. I'm still I, I do my piece. I vote. I try to stay as informed as possible without doom scrolling. Mm hmm. 
because that you can very quickly swing into that area where you just constantly scroll through the news and then you become anxious and depressed because bad news is is usually at the top because it's uh, it sells better okay yeah i also don't want to say that there's only bad news in the news there's not it's just that that's what gets the the, the clicks and stuff mm-hmm. um so I don't want to say that I'm like super, super engaged. I will, I, but I am more now than I ever have been um, to a level where I can handle it with my mental health. I will say, cause I, you, you mm-hmm. all know, I've talked about anxiety and, and depression before, but even if it's just voting in your local elections and doing the research a day of, mm-hmm. you still doing the research and you're still voting and your vote still counts. So, you know, that, that's yeah. that's important too. vote for your your local school board your your uh mayors your governors your you know whoever else yeah it's so important yeah i i, I think it can be really overwhelming getting involved in politics because honestly the i got involved in politics not because i knew trump was running but because i had friends that were going to i lived in greensboro at the time in grad school and i had friends going to a bernie sanders rally that was in greensboro and it's like they were like, do you want to go? And I was like, I don't know anything about politics. Sure, whatever. And I went and I was like, like, I saw Bernie speak and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm excited. And I was like, mm-hmm. why am I excited? I never <laughs> thought I would be excited about this. Like, I thought government was like, government and politics were something. I was like, it exists, but like, eh, whatever. And now it's like one of the things I follow the most. Um, so it's, he definitely got me started and like engaged and excited about the democratic process and mm-hmm. learning how to do research and knowing legislative i mean i'm not a legislative expert by any means but knowing at least like how to find information like i use ballotpedia a lot to do research on candidates i use um local newspapers i use twitter to an extent like i look for news articles on twitter versus like people's opinions i think opinions are valid like if i can find reasons for those opinions to be validated like some of the candidates in running for mayor in richmond like I found out negative things about them through Twitter and then found news articles and videos that reinforced that. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well that makes sense versus just like, you know, just fake news and yeah, aimless right. accusations that aren't based in anything. Like yeah. um, maybe I need receipts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Bernie taught me how to be engaged. That's awesome. And yeah. I mean, you're, you're way more knowledgeable on a lot of this stuff than I am. Like you usually teach me s- stuff, <laughs> um, especially when we, when we have uh, local elections, you're, you're usually posting. See, this is why I, I talk about if you want to say in a position of privilege where you, where you have the platform to, to educate people, use it because Cody, you post about stuff to, like during election times on like where you can check uh, information about the, the different candidates and you'll post like maps and stuff on um, you know here's how you can f- register to vote here's how you can find out where you need to go vote like you post a lot of stuff that really helps me um, oh, good become a more, yeah become a more educated voter and it's like even even if I was the only person which I know I'm not but even if even if I was the only person who learned something that's still one more voter one more educated voter than there was before mm-hmm. so if you think that your voice doesn't matter it really does and I think that's the other thing I learned uh, in the 2016 election I think there is some good that came from it and the good that came from it is that a lot more people woke up and got engaged absolutely because Agreed. before you know, and Cody, you might feel this way too, but before I was like, the people 
yeah, it's like we say we the people, but I always just figured it's kind of like we're the kids and the government are our parents. So like that's <laughs> that's kind of how I looked at it, where I was like, mm-hmm. my you know, mom and dad will take care of it they'll they'll Mm -hmm. they'll fix it and i just all i have to worry about is being you know a a productive citizen of the society and and that's it now i realize more than ever that the government really is designed only to represent the people and that's not something i really think i understood before i always thought Mm -hmm. like the government not only was the ones just doing all the, the work but they were the ones who knew best because I was like, how else would they get elected if they didn't know best? Now I know the way they got elected is through voter suppression and that I think a lot of people who have been elected in the past uh, got elected, in my opinion, unconstitutionally and illegally because they they chose their voters instead of the voters choosing the representatives. But anyway, I digress. I just, I I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a good point because I mean, gerrymandering is a thing like, Mm -hmm. A population Redlining. of people split up into a certain space so that no matter, like, even if the population's the same, the voters are catered, like, they're catering the population to the candidates running versus just splitting them up. And they count differently then. Usually yep. what they do is they they will cram a bunch of uh, Black communities into one, you know, district or whatever, and then their vote counts for less. And then white people's vote counts for more, which we need to abolish the Electoral College. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> I wish y'all could see Cody's look on their face. I um, mean, like, I just think, because I get the premise of the the Electoral College being, which I think, and sometimes it still does, like, it allows less populous states to have power in the electoral process. Like, mm-hmm. Rhode Island is just as important as Florida. Right. But at the same time, the Electoral College is created when Black people are seen as two thirds of a person. Mm -hmm. So like those votes inadvertently were already less and it focused on the white population. And that just continued. It just continued being reinforced through the years, even when laws would change. And even though slavery became illegal, we then went into Jim Crow. And then, then we had the civil rights act, but then we had mass incarceration. So like there was always something affecting the votes of the people. And even in Florida in 2018, one of the ballots, I think it was, I don't remember the exact amendment number, but there was a constitutional amendment that voters could choose to allow people who were released from prison to be able to vote overwhelmingly supported. And it still has not been enforced by the current Republican governor of Florida. Interesting. Because he continues to find reasons to delegitimize it or like push it back so that Mm -hmm. it just continues to not happen. That's over. That would be over a million some people in the state of Florida that could vote because they know that those voters are already disenfranchised Mm -hmm. because they're felons through the mass incarceration process that happened with the crime bill. <laughs> like it's, it's all a process that keeps informing itself and government institutions continuing to not support their people through, I mean, not all criminals have done the same thing. Like murder is way different than small drug card, small drug charges, especially um, since a lo- like it's, it's crazy. And just think so. of all the people uh, who are incarcerated on who are actually innocent and who were mm-hmm. incarcerated and disenfranchised yep. on trumped up charges or or just lack of like fake evidence or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and also an institutional bias. Like if you yeah. have judges that are already biased towards a certain ideology, they're not going to think through, not necessarily think through, but like think that certain 
pieces are legitimate and think that other pieces are illegitimate, even if they're not. Just think if, if our representatives in government, you know, most of them, if they spent as much time doing the right thing and, um, executing the will of the people, if they put as much time to that as they put into voter suppression, just think how great this country would actually be. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you're spending so much time trying to suppress voters because you know that you're doing the wrong thing. That's the other thing. It's like you know you're doing the wrong thing and you know that you wouldn't get elected if all of these folks could vote. See, maybe you should then reflect on yourself and be like, okay, well, why wouldn't I get reelected or elected in the first place? Maybe there's something that I need to change, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, it's, there's so much self-reflection and, and, and taking accountability and taking responsibility that needs to happen, especially among um, white folks and white passing folks. And I'm including myself in that. Okay. I'm not here to, to give a lecture and, and, not also look at myself in the process. I have been doing a lot of reflecting and, and unlearning bad habits and, and trying to learn new ones that are, you know, good. And um, as I talked about in, I think our colorism episode, mm-hmm. I've had some um, racist beliefs and attitudes, not, not intentional, but they were there. And now that I'm aware of them, I can actively work to be be anti-racist and Mm. i think there's so many people in positions of power who are afraid to go through that process because they're afraid of what they might find and it's like you got to be brave especially as an elected official especially as an elected official but i mean i think it comes back to like so many elected officials come from money and come from powerful families and know that like at the end of the day there's a lot of elected plenty of elected officials probably more so than not that are there because they want power and influence versus like actually actively supporting people. So they support organizations and corporations that don't advocate for the support of the greater good. They just spin it to make it seem like they are. Um, it's just like, so yeah, the day, like you can't take any of that with you. Yeah. You pick the bucket. Yeah. Do they, do, exactly. You know, does anyone ever think of that? <laughs> There's always a spin to try and make things unethical things seem ethical, but I, I, I understand what you mean. I mean, there was this, um, I was watching this like motivational video with Denzel Washington talking. Oh, love that man. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he, he asked this group of young kids and I forget, I forget exactly the wording he used, but he was like, are you, um, when you are shuttled, to your funeral what like are you being shuttled there in a van or something like that you know like a big big car and they were like no and he's like exactly because you can't take all your stuff with you like in a moving truck that's what he said he's like are you gonna be shuttled there in a moving truck it's like no you're not because you can't take all your belongings with you you can't take money with you you can't take power with you at the end they all go on the ground the same way so it's like while you're on this planet and you're living why not do something good with it like seeking all this power seems, I don't know, um, especially if you're seeking it to do bad things and only further your own agenda. That's not good karma, man. <laughs> mm. That's some bad karma right there. Mm-mm. If you believe in karma, which I do. I do too. 
Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed this episode to kind of talk through just kind of our feelings and kind of reflecting on the last four years, which we can make like five episodes on the last four years. Um, but it's definitely four years that have not been able to come soon enough. And mm-hmm. we're finally here. We're finally here. Will, what will the other side look like? I don't know, but it'll hopefully be better than now. <laughs> I'm sorry if you can hear my dog, like just breathing heavily in the background, <laughs> but she's um, just snoozing. She's just snoozing along. Um, but I'm hoping that we are entering a phase of, it doesn't have to be all good, but more balanced. Cause the last four years, I feel like we're very heavily just bad. Yeah. Agreed. Should we pull, should I pull a tarot card and see just about like what we think the future might look like? Sure. Just, I, let's do it folks. I'm not good at this. Okay. I'm going to have to, I'm going to pull it and I'm going to have to look it up. I'm going to have to <laughs> look up the definition. We can pull it and then talk about it and what we think it means. Okay. I got a new tarot deck, like I told you before, Cody. Um, these are 100% uh, plastic because they last longer. Ooh. What is the... The traditional... Oh, the writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have That's the writer deck. Have, right? yeah, yeah. This is the this is like the one of the typical ones. Yeah. The writer um, white ones. They feel so nice. They feel so smooth. There's something about like a new card deck, kind of like with a new book, where it's just like you want to... You would just want to sniff it. <laughs> Am I no? No, that's valid. I do like to smell books. Exactly. Again, my friend Sky, she loves smelling books. But literally, there's this um, like used bookstore in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, uh, Mermaid Books that we like to that we used to frequent when we were students. And um, she would go in and pick up books and literally open them and sniff them. I was like, you have issues, but now I do the same thing. So I can't even judge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this card I'm pulling with the intention of just kind of seeing how, what do we got going on in Mm -hmm. in the coming year with, um, or in the coming four years with a Biden Harris presidency. (laughs) Maybe we should pull again. (laughs) No. What was it? What was it? devil (laughs) okay so is it upright or is it upside down it's upright so the devil is not a bad card um the devil is a card let me look up the official it's it's very much about like reflection and i think getting rid of attachments too yeah no it's not it's not bad it's just like when you first pull it and you see the only bad one's really the tower I, I don't like think of destruction of something i have not gotten that one yet no the Um, devil's not bad um the upright devil represents your shadow or darker side and the negative forces that constrain you and hold you back from being the best version of yourself. You may be at the effect of negative habits, dependencies, behaviors, thought patterns, relationships, and addictions. You have found yourself trapped between the short-term pleasure you receive and the long-term pain you experience. Um, just as a lover's card speaks to duality and choice, so does the devil. However, the default with the devil, you're choosing the path of instant gratification, even if it is at the expense of your long-term well-being. In effect, you have sold your soul to the devil. <laughs> um, if this shows up in a tarot reading, seen as an opportunity to bring these negative influences into your conscious awareness so that when you take action to free yourself from the hold, um, you can shine your light on the negative patterns that you've been standing in your way for so long. And over time, you will loosen, loosen the grip that they have on you. So my feeling of that is like we've been under this grip for such a long period of time mm-hmm. that hopefully this is a presidency that allows us to kind of like 
learn new habits and yes, learn new thought patterns and mm-hmm. hopefully have a little more hope. Um, and being able to like set boundaries, choosing things wisely, um, creating healthy attachment. Yeah. That's kind of what I got from it too. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying where I feel like in the last four years we've especially, well, you know, if we're not even just talking about us personally, because like I said, I pulled it with the intention of kind of seeing where the, where the presidency was going. So if we're looking at the past four years, a lot of it was, you know, based on short-term gratification for those in power Mm -hmm. while inflicting Mm -hmm long-lasting damage on on everyone else because that administration was all about negative attachments to things Mm -hmm. and to material possessions and to power and money and all of that yeah and even for people that voted for trump like they i i think at the basis they found hope in somebody they're like all right well like i feel like i've been disenfranchised and i'm hoping this person will give me some support a lot mm-hmm. of it was based off of like economic support. At the same time, most people can't benefit from like I know it's based on like the idea of the stock market doing well, and people are like, oh, the stock market's doing well, like that's good for me. Like, do you have stocks? Right. No, you don't. Most people do not have stocks. <laughs> what you got seventy five dollars and a pat on the back and more institutional racism? Like, okay, right. T and. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like what this card represents is that going forward, mm-hmm. we all need to be more cautious. We need yep. to do our research. We need to make sure that we are not holding attachments to all of these things that got us into trouble in the first place. Mm-hmm. So like we can't hold our, make our decisions just based off of um, material wealth in general, when we're talking about elections and, and passing policies and, and, and um, all of these things, we got to get rid of those earthly attachments and make decisions off the, for the good of humanity, for the good of our, like our souls, you know, I just, when I first pulled the card, it's, I mean, I need, I should probably post a picture of it on our Instagram, but it looks a little scary. Oh no, the devil card in the in the the uh, rider deck is terrifying looking. Like it's it's high key like Baphomet with chains around two people in fire. Yes, and it's like he has horns and an upside down uh, pentagram, and um, there you know there's two people in chains, a man and a woman. The woman has like grapes. The woman's means like um i think attach attachments to like luxury goods like to actual material possessions and the man's fire tail is like uh attachment to um power um but then there's like the devil and he just looks angry and scary so when i first pulled it i was like fuck <laughs> but then yeah. cody read me the description and i feel better <laughs> but you know how, how you find pleasure or satisfaction in life cannot come at the expense of other people and that mm-hmm. is a huge mistake that Trump made um, and, and anyone who supported him who thought that that was the way to go. Um, and, I, and I do think that a lot of people were misled because there were people who voted for him the first time around who were like, yeah, I made a mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they voted differently this time where I guess didn't vote at all. I don't I don't I don't really know what the stats are on that. But um, a lot of people voted for less this time around but like still voted for the libertarian candidate which libertarians will generally not vote for democrats they're more mm-hmm. likely to vote for republicans so those votes were ones that trump didn't get 
um, for people that are voting for the libertarian candidate. So, yeah, I mean, it's listen, a weird, it's a weird process. I don't, I don't really care who you voted for as long as it wasn't Trump. So good on you for mm-hmm. realizing your mistake and and taking responsibility and holding yourself accountable. We all love to see it. Mm-hmm. It's all about learning and, mm-hmm. um. You know, there's there's learning that everybody can do. I'm not here to, I'm not saying every person who supported Trump is inherently a bad person. I don't believe that. No. Um, I still think Trump did mislead a lot of people. Also, there have been candidates in the past that have misled people. I think this is a little different. There are a lot of other things going on. Um, But I, I think it's all about kind of learning like, okay, well, if no side is happy with how the government is going, what are we gonna do to like change it? You know, like- it doesn't necessarily take a Trump, a Trumpian like presidency to change the system because it didn't change anything. It just reinforced a lot of negative things. There's no, there's never going to be a perfect candidate or a perfect platform or until I run for president, <laughs> I'll be there to support you every step of the way. You know, um, I know you would. And I really appreciate that, especially even though this episode has brought to light how little Danielle knows. <laughs> There's never a time that's too late to learn. <laughs> that is so true. So if you feel like you don't know a lot about politics or whatever now, um, you can always learn. Mm-hmm. Carol Anderson is a is a great author to start with. I'm I am a huge fan, mm-hmm. and yeah, she liked one. Of, she liked my tweet once, which oh, still yeah. st- still feels really good. That's awesome. Well, Cody, we've talked for a it. while. Yeah. What time is it? Three. Woo! <laughs> Luckily, we're cutting out like 45 minutes of it. So <laughs> it'll probably be around 50 to an hour. Um, but no, I, I think this was a, a really good episode. I had, you know, my yeah. moments in between where I was like, oh, I don't know where I'm going with, with what I'm saying. But what I think is funny, Cody, is that I feel like a lot of our episodes, we come back to the same core of what it means to be a good human mm-hmm. and we come back to a lot of social and racial justice issues and i and i love that about our podcast mm-hmm. i think that those are great topics to talk about it's like and it's it's us educating ourselves and each other and how can we be better people absolutely because cody and i are not perfect by any means nor will we ever be but uh, i don't know about you <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding no i do you, definitely you, don't think i'm perfect you come close okay i'll give you that Thanks. I think you're <laughs> lying to me, but thank you. Um, no, but you come close to being a perfect friend to me, and that's what matters <laughs> to me. That's so nice. Thank you. I mean, you were one of the first people I called after Biden was, uh, you know, when they called it. And I was like, I gotta call Cody. <laughs> I literally sobbed. It like just- I cried. Yeah, it's it's been a, it's been quite the week. So that was a good, a hopeful note to end it on. Um, there is some mm-hmm. hope for humanity after all. Oh, I think there are people in other countries who are happy for us. Yes. <laughs> I um, saw someone tweet who lives in the UK was like, I'm so happy right now. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be nice to have an, a person who cares about the global... Just person movement cares. that the the global power that the United States is like we can't deny the power of the United States. It's a very mm-hmm. powerful country. Was it one of the best 
in most like prominent economies, one of the usually the forefront of like policies and practices. And um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to continue like reinforcing a general sense of like more human focused policies um, mm-hmm. versus ones that are. I think fi- focusing on finances is important. Like money is how the world goes round. But I don't think it's the main thing that we should be like it, it. We need to find a fine balance between like humanity and I don't like upholding capitalism, but if we can't just completely dismantle it because the entire global society is based off of it. So it's like slowly adjusting it to be a little bit more human focused. Um, well, it comes back to that card that we just talked about yeah. where it's like we got to focus more on on that rather than the whole material materialism. Yeah. You're going to have a balance. I'm not saying, like like you said, we're not saying, and we shouldn't focus at all on money because we know that's not how that works. Am okay. I a capitalist? No. Do I right. understand that it kind of exists and it's the foundation of a lot of things? Yes. Correct. So, but the, there needs to be more of a balance. Yeah. And And that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm hoping for in the next four years and onwards. Yeah. And the fact that we pulled this card, I think votes well because the cards really no. they don't lie <laughs> they don't they never do should we wrap it up yeah <laughs> yeah thank you so much for listening to us babble on and on about this election we hope that you're feeling as hopeful and optimistic as we are yeah and i think it's important to revel in the moment take it for what it is when i found out yesterday let me tell you i enjoyed my saturday same i had a great day i didn't think too much about the future right now i was like i'll think about that shit tomorrow mm-hmm. it's tomorrow and i'm thinking about it <laughs> but i so i'm <laughs> i'm at the point where i feel like our work will not be in vain anymore i don't feel yes. like we're yelling into the void i'm excited for change at least within the realm of education because our new first lady jill biden um has an ed EDD in educational leadership and works at a community college. So like finally having an educator in the white house is exciting. Um, that's never really happened before. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the changes that will hopefully happen. And he already has like released some of his recommendations for cabinet positions. Um, which I think it's interesting to see like how diverse this cabinet selection process most likely will be. There's a lot of people of color. There's a lot of women, a lot of women of color. There's very few white men and, even Finally. like even like Pete Buttigieg is on the list. Do I like he's is he my favorite? No, but like the idea of having like a a gay man being potentially in a like a cabinet for presidential administration is it's it is groundbreaking. Um, it is. So I I think it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see what twenty twenty one has in store. I definitely feel hopeful for twenty twenty one in the realm of like COVID, a presidential cabinet. That's actually representative and, of this country, or at least more so than before. Yeah, the most representative that we've had, and right, it'll it'll definitely be an interesting an interesting change. I'm I'm excited to see. Well, folks, thank y'all for listening to us. Yeah, we will. Um, you'll hear us in the next one, and uh, yeah. So till then, remember that we hate it too. We have a good day. Hate it too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. But I'm recording now, so you better behave. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck.
I don't wanna. Yeah, it's the extra. 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 Rosie Posey. I, 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 I loved that she just walked up and just hand onto forehead. Because I was like, if you come closer, I then the mic is going to pick you up and I don't want that. Um, but yeah, so Rosie, you're sitting on the cable. You little turd licker. The weather outside is frightful, but the fire is... <laughs> Cody just shook their head. I'm not something. the most Christmas spirited. I'm sorry. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Not here, bitch. Um, 